all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And today we're talking about Donate Life Month. So if you have a question about organ or tissue donation, we would love to talk with you today. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 As always, you can send me an email. That address is fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And joining me in studio today is Kelly Ware and Chuck Simpson, and they're with the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. And we're here to kind of spread the news about April as Donate Life Month. So I know we're kind of toward the end of April, but I'm glad I was able to get you guys in here um, to talk about this. So thanks for coming this morning. Thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, if you're listening and you have questions about um, organ or tissue donation, and we'll talk about the difference between those in just a minute, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. As always, you can email me. That's fit at mpbonline.org. All right, Kelly, I'm going to start with you. Tell me a little bit about what you do at Mora. So I am the director of hospital development, and what we do is go into the hospitals and provide education so the hospitals know when to notify us. That is less burdens on the families because the hospitals do this for them, and then we actually evaluate for medical suitability, whether it's for organ or tissue donation, and then if it's an opportunity for the family, then we provide that opportunity for the family for tissue or eye donation as well as organ. Fantastic. And Chuck? I'm the Director of Community Services and Relations, and uh, we do what Kelly does, except we do it out in the public. And she's going to have a little more detailed and a little more in-depth educational program. But ours is is to promote organized tissue donation in the community and to ask people to have the conversation about donation, to get Mm -hmm. them aware of of the need, uh, the people that are in need of transplants, and also uh, how they can help others as their last act. 
fantastic. And so April is Donate Life Month, right? Why yes. do we why do we need a whole month about donation of life? So of course it's something we love to talk about year round, obviously. But um, it is April is National Donate Life Month, and so it is a month dedicated to promoting um, huge awareness uh, about organ eye and tissue donation. We have a lot of events in the hospitals, hospitals that are very supportive of our cause and our mission, as well as uh, different community events. So it's just a huge month to truly celebrate those heroes that are heroes for, through organ, iron, tissue donation, as well as celebrate the success of transplant. Yeah. And you mentioned celebrating those heroes that have donated. You know, most hospitals, I know we do at UMC, we've mm-hmm. got a kind of a wall of honor yes. mm-hmm. um, that you can walk by and, and see the faces of the mm-hmm. folks who have, have, you know, given kind of their, their final gift in, mm-hmm. in donation to help other people um, live and thrive. And it's a it's a good opportunity just to put, you know, put a face yes. to, to something that normally doesn't get a whole lot of, of publicity about that. So mm-hmm. if you I encourage you to kind of walk around your hospitals if you're, you know, if you're visiting a family member, most of them have a wall or a plaque or something mm-hmm. that um, that uh, celebrates the folks that have, have mm-hmm. donated there. So I know your background is a nurse, correct? Yes, so, it is. So, you know, I love that. So tell me um, kind of what your nursing background was and how you got involved with organ yes. transplantation. So um, actually, when I was in nursing school at Delta State University, we actually had someone from Mississippi Lines Eye Bank came and speak to our nursing school. So that was one of the things that it was, I already had a heart on my license, um, always wanted to be a donor, but I thought it was really cool. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, and I was actually a nurse in the surgical ICU at University of Mississippi Medical Center. And actually saw um, some of the more representatives come through the unit and actually saw how they cared for the families, how they supported them through that. Um, And then when it was appropriate, offered that opportunity of donation to them. So I just really thought it was something that one day I would love to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And then fortunately, I had the opportunity about two years later. And then I've been with Mora for 10 years. So. All right, guys, if you've got a question or a comment for these folks, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 So we kind of mentioned organ and tissue, right? So what is tissue donation? Well, tissue donation is, it's another, it's a life healing gift too. My wife had a surgical procedure in 2017 and received donated tissue. You look at uh, saphenous veins, heart valves, skin, uh, lower extremities, uh, cornea is considered tissue uh, donation as well. And there's an opportunity there to to help those heal that maybe need have run into an opportunity where uh, it was for skin specifically with burns or with mm-hmm. people that have lost skin in an accident or something like that. Uh, heart valves uh, for people that are in, in having heart issues and maybe valves. We've had plenty of incredible stories about heart valve recipients. Uh, and those are the those are really things that people don't. A lot of people consider it all one thing, mm. but tissue donation is something too that we want to get the word out about and how it can, how it can help uh, uh, others. We we hear the industry line is that one tissue donor uh, can help heal the lives of over fifty others, but we've had numerous instances where we've seen tissue donors that have. Uh, affected the lives of over 150 people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you start to think about all the individual parts that you just mentioned there, the potential to reach tons of folks is there for that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because a lot of times I think we think about um, donation as, you know, just heart, lungs, kidneys, that kind of stuff. But when you really expand it out to be more heart valves or veins or skin, you know, that really does open up... um, 
the realm of possibility for being able to reach a lot of folks that way. Well, and, and bone grafts can be used in numerous, mm-hmm. numerous settings, and, and tissue can be recovered and stored for up to six years oh, wow. and, and be reused. So uh, when you talk about bone grafts, and that's what my wife mm-hmm. had received, um, and so we're, we're affected by tissue donation. There's another staff member I know of, at least one that's had tissue, uh, received tissue. So it's an important part of our discussion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, my dad's recently had some some health issues, and we're kind of on that fence of he might have to have a valve replacement, you know, for his heart, and you know, probably will be a, a mechanical valve because of the nature of what he needs. But thinking about all those daddies out there, yes. you know, somebody's daddy out there needing that particular um, piece of tissue that can really give them back their quality of life and more time with their families which you know as a as a daughter who loves my daddy and is not not any way shape form ready to let him exactly or see him not enjoy what the time that he has left you know it's so powerful to think about somebody having the um the power to help 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 others out there you know i've talked to uh two families recently and they both shared that their loved one received uh organ transplant transplants specifically but they said that they received another seven years with this loved wow. one, and that loved one got to see grandchildren born or, or uh, children get married. or mm-hmm. And it, it's really just a, a perspective change that, yes, they were only alive for, quote, seven more years, but they were alive for seven more right. years, and so many different things can take place. And, and uh, in both of these, they said that this was uh, probably the best time of their lives with this loved one because mm-hmm. they knew how precious the the gift and the moment and the moments would be after that. So that's why it's so important to have the conversation. Yeah. I mean, seven years is it's a lifetime when when you you know you know that your time is limited. Um, when, when my dad was in the hospital recently, he's a big fisherman, and um, we. Uh, fished together, fished my whole life with him. And all I could think about when he was so sick was, what if we never get to fish again? You know, so just being able to bring him home and sit him on my pier and fish with him, you know, that was what my heart wanted the most. So if we can give folks a year, extra days, extra weeks, extra hours. One fishing trip or a hundred fishing trips. It's important. That's important. So, you know, Kelly... Tell me, you mentioned you had a heart on your driver's license, right? So I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, What does the heart on your driver's license mean? So actually the heart does actually mean something now. In the past it didn't. Just decoration. (laughs) Yes, it was. It did used to be just decoration, but fortunately our legislature passed um, in uh, 2007, 2008, uh, to actually have the heart mean something. Okay. So now if you have a hundred driver's license, you are now in the registry to be an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Okay. There's other ways as well. You can actually go on our website, um, www.msora.org, as well as there's ways to get into the National Registry. There's a website as well as if you have an Apple phone on the Medical ID app, there's a way you can actually sign up to be an organ donor, as well as one of the things you had mentioned when we were talking before the mm-hmm. show was on Facebook. You can put on Facebook a life event that you're now an organ donor. Yeah. So we have a lot of different ways to get into the registry, and it does mean something. But I think the biggest thing we always want to encourage is have the conversation with your family. Yeah. So whether you're in the registry or not, your wishes are really have that conversation because when we are talking to families, um, it is some, you know, the worst day of their lives. And mm-hmm. so that's not the time to actually think, is this something they would want to do? It's right. so wonderful. And we hear from families 
that have had that conversation and how it made that decision so much easier because they knew what their wishes were. Right. And it is first-person consent, too, and that's another reason to have the conversation mm-hmm. because if donation can take place because specifically for organ donation, it is a life-saving measure. And, and the opportunity to, to do donation, it will take place. So mm-hmm. that, that conversation is so very, very important to have to make sure that your loved ones know of what your intent is. Mm-hmm. It's just like signing a last living will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned registry. So is there a Mississippi registry and a national registry, or is it just all one thing? Well, it's technically there are two. There's okay. a Mississippi registry as well as a national registry. Everyone who's in the Mississippi Registry, we will be rolling them into the National Registry here very soon. Okay. As well as if something happens to someone and they're in another state, if they have a Mississippi driver's license, they call Mississippi to, and we actually let them know whether or not they have that heart on the driver's license gotcha. or if they're in our state registry. As well as if somebody from another state is here in Mississippi, we actually call that state to see if they're in the registry or not. Gotcha. So, but here soon, we'll be rolling our state registry into the national to make it a little bit easier. So you only got to sign up one time yes. and it'll roll you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that will help there. All right. We're going to go ahead and take our first break of the hour what i want to talk about when we come back is how we have that conversation because i've heard from both of you how important it is to have that conversation with your family and your loved ones so we'll be talking about that and if there are any listeners out there who may have a story of how their lives have been impacted by tissue or organ donation i would love to hear those as well our number is 1-877-672-7464 we'll be back after the break Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Kelly Ware and Chuck Stinson with the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency, and we're talking about Donate Life Month. So you have questions or comments about organ or tissue donation, and in particular, if you have a story of maybe yourself or a loved one who has been impacted by organ or tissue donation, I would love to hear those stories today. Help us celebrate um, your story and Donate Life Month. That number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. As always, you can send me that email at fit at mpbonline.org. All right, guys, before the break, um, we kind of uh, talked about having the conversation with um, your family or your loved ones about being um, an organ or tissue don- donor. And you mentioned how vitally important it is that we have those conversations before an event happens. But I can imagine that that is um, an awkward conversation to start for some, Um, especially, um, you know, a lot of folks just don't want to think about if if they die, you know. And so how do we start those conversations with our loved ones and family members? Well, I think it's it's because of what the importance is, because the gift and the opportunity is so very, very rare. Mm-hmm. And you never know if your loved one's going to need a gift at some point. You would want somebody else to have had that conversation. And you're right. it It's a difficult conversation. I, I, I share the story when I go out to schools and to civic clubs or events that 
I'd been registered since I lived in Tennessee as a as a young person. Uh, got to Mississippi, had gotten married, had worked in a different field for a very long time, took the job. And when I took the job with the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency was the first time I had a conversation with my wife about organ donation. It just doesn't happen very often because it's mortality, it's morbidity, it's it's. You don't want to think about your dad dying, your mom yeah, dying, your kids just, dying. You don't right. But hey, let's the, talk about this. You know. But the gift is so very rare, and the opportunity is so very rare that it's a. That's exactly why the conversation needs to be had because you never know who's going to need in your family or if there's a if there's somewhere down the road that you could help somebody because of how rare the gift is. Mm-hmm. It's a, such an important conversation, and it's really. It's really, I don't say it's a dinner conversation, but it is something you want to talk to your family about, your kids. And if, if registration is very important, especially in my department, uh, registration is very important, but conversation is probably equally as important mm-hmm. because if that opportunity does come up. Mm-hmm. So how do we start? Like, how do you start to have that conversation? What are some key things we need to tell I our think families. The biggest thing is uh, just to kind of have start the conversation. Like, what are your thoughts about mm-hmm. organ and tissue donation? Um, and then once you kind of go from there, um, then start as you kind of go further into the conversation. Share your wishes and what they are. Um, that is, it was one of those things because I was a nurse. I, I didn't really think anything of it and had that conversation right. with my husband. Um, when we first got married, um, I was in nursing school, and he actually was opposed to donation. Mm-hmm. So I Kelly told made him, him register. <laughs> we have a way of wearing our spouses yes. down. Yes, so, but I did know what his wish wishes were, and mm-hmm. he knew what my wishes were. Mm-hmm. And so, fast forward until I started working with Mora, he still actually was not a big supporter of donation. Mm-hmm. It actually took him meeting recipients. Mm-hmm. It took him meeting some donor families, and at that time, I was actually kind of supporting and approaching families for organ donation. And he actually saw what all went into it. And so he came home after renewing his driver's license and he showed me the heart on his license. Mm-hmm. He actually did it all on his own, Chuck. <laughs> you just but, planted the seed. Yes, I yeah. definitely planted the seed. But mm-hmm. I will say, had something happened to me before, he probably would have tried to oppose it. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad um, he knew what my wishes were. And that was the biggest thing. And so I also let my other family know what my wishes were mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of some awkward conversations. Um, but I will say it's one of those things when you've had that conversation and faced with those questions and those decisions you have to make it makes it so much easier yeah so you just gotta you just gotta start you know and i really like how you said kind of putting it into a uh what are your thoughts about you know that makes it much more um of a conversation as Mm -hmm. to i want to donate my organs you know which can take people aback a little bit they're like are you dying you know so um i really like that approach there all right we've got a couple callers on the line so we're gonna go um and talk with richard this morning good morning richard good morning how are you Uh, all right i'm 69 years old all right all right and i have several medical medical problems high blood pressure uh bad prostates uh does that rule me out from being an organ donor? It actually does not. And I like to say 69 years young. That's not, right. Not 69 yeah. years old. You're 69 that, that, years that, young. 
That's because you're not 69. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. But, and we actually had an email uh, question that came in for this as well. Someone saying that they're, you know, they're not in the best shape, have some chronic medical problems. Mm-hmm. Are, yeah. are they able to donate? And so what yes. I'm hearing from you, Kelly, is yes, that, yes. That, that you can still donate things. Potentially can. So that's the biggest thing that we hear a lot of times. I'm either too old or I have medical issues. I have hypertension, high blood pressure, I have uh, diabetes. Things like that do not exclude anyone from being a donor. What we do is at the time of someone's death, we look at the medical suitability and determine from that. So it has nothing to do with age. We've had organ donors upward of the age of 84. And we've had tissue donors who've been age 92. Wow. So age does not exclude you whatsoever. It's just a case-by-case, as well as medical history and medical conditions going on. Mm -hmm. So now we can actually recover and transplant organs from people who are hepatitis C positive, who are HIV positive, who have um, diabetes, hypertension. It doesn't matter. It's Mm -hmm. just a case-by-case. Case-by-case basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, so what I'm hearing there is don't let um, your fear that you would not be an acceptable donor keep you from registering. Correct. Because just because you register doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that you will will donate. But then it lets the medical professionals take over and evaluate Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. to see if there's any any part that that we can um, can use for that. So just sign up and be on the registry. Now, we had a caller on the line that seems to have popped off, but I did see their question um, beforehand, and it was, is there an, a, a lower age limit, I would imagine? So you mentioned some of the older age limits, um, that there's not really an age limit. Um, you had some older folks. Is there um, a young age limit? There actually really is not a young age limit. It's pretty much a newborn. Mm-hmm. I will say the criteria for pronouncing someone brain dead is a little bit different for a small um, infant, and so it's more in depth, mm-hmm. which it should be with mm-hmm. them being so small. But pretty much, we've actually had newborns who've mm-hmm. been able to be organ donors, mm-hmm. um, as well as tissue donors, yeah. heart valves, and stuff. So there's really not a minimum; they just have to be a live birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as far as upper age range, you're correct; it's mm-hmm. it's just a case by case. Yeah, because definitely, when you're thinking about the tissue donation piece, mm-hmm. like maybe just skin donation or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. The sky's the limit on, on that as Correct. to how, how um, old or young you could be in those mm-hmm. particular things. I know with babies, we it's one of those things we try not to – we don't want to think about necessarily yes. as babies that are um, that are passing away. Mm-hmm. But we also, you know, as a pediatric nurse, you got to think about those babies that are fighting um, for their life yes. as well mm-hmm. and, you know, may need a heart transplant. And you can't you can't put a grown person's heart in, in a newborn Correct. baby. They just – they don't fit in mm-hmm. there, you know. So as tough as that is to think about and – I can't even fathom the the grief of the family that has lost mm-hmm. their baby. Actually, I can't. I've lost a baby. But, mm-hmm. you know, making that decision to give life to another baby is, yes. you know, maybe a glimmer, you know, of, of brightness in that terrible mm-hmm. situation out there. There was a donor mom who told us we did a, a video piece with her, and it's on our website, too, the Cartwright family. And at one point, I'm not exactly remember how she said it, but she was talking about their child who had drowned mm-hmm. uh, at, at that child's birthday party, actually, had fallen into the pool. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, the child could be a tissue donor. But she said at that moment, she said, our story had been told. Mm-hmm. 
It was time well, for somebody else. That gives me chills to, now, just telling you that. Right. But what what could be what could happen after that for the mm-hmm. next family? Because the, one of the things that we hear commonplace among these families that had children is they didn't want another family to go through the loss that they had suffered, mm-hmm. and that that's hard. That's hard to fathom. I can't tell you. Prior to me getting this job, almost ten years now, um, what I would have thought about if I'd have been approached about one of my children about being a donor. But the fact is, is that uh, you know now the gifts and how important it is, and it's Mm -hmm. it's a horrible thought. We don't control life; Uh, life controls us, really. And um, there's um, it's it's a horrible thought. But the fact is, is that at that moment, these are the most incredible families that can think of somebody else in their time of need, in their worst time, and think of somebody else in their time of need. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that they said their story was over, but it's not. They're just just Mm -hmm. helping somebody else write the next chapter of of their story. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, how incredible to think that you're Mm -hmm. helping someone continue their story, you know, when they thought it was probably over as well yeah. you know yeah that was the biggest thing um i knew how um donation and transplantation help recipients before working with mora i had no idea the concept or or could not even fathom how it helps the donor families mm-hmm. it does not take away that they're, they lost their loved one right. by any means but they were going to lose their loved one regardless mm-hmm. if they were able to be a donor so i think um, their loved one being a donor is just something positive to come from it and it continues their legacy and just it continues it doesn't their chapters don't end right, right. there it, they continue and then once it does continue and how many people that impacts in those recipients whether it be an organ recipient or a tissue recipient it's just infinity it's yeah. just how many people that affects yeah, it's just and ripples impacts. just yes, you know you never know how, how far um the reach is from mm-hmm. that one donation mm-hmm. and so i want to continue our conversation about that and we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other um in particular uh corneal uh mm-hmm. transplantation when we come back from our break our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. and you can email me at fit at mpbonline.org we'll be back in just a few Dr. Josie Bidwell joining me in studio today, Kelly Ware and Chuck Stinson with the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. And we're celebrating Donate Life Month, which has been occurring all April long, but is something that we should think about every day. Um, We've been talking about organ and tissue transplantation, and we've um, had a lot of great information put out about how to start having conversations with your families if if you're not a current donor, or even if you are, making sure your family knows your wishes as well. Um, They've given um, out their website as well, which was msora.org. There we go. 
Um, so if you have more, uh, if you have more questions about that, the um, website is very, very user friendly. I was on it this morning, kind of playing around, and there's a, really easy to sign up to be an organ donor there as well. So I encourage you to go check that out. Um, I would really love to hear a story today from someone who's been affected by organ or tissue um, donation. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Now, I have a question um, for myself. So you, you, you guys out there can't see me, um, which I'm grateful for because I usually don't wear any makeup when I come on the radio because who cares? But I have on my glasses today. I usually wear um, contacts. I have worn contacts since I was 11 years old, um, and I cannot see. I mean, I am just just blind as all get out. I mean, I cannot see. And so I kind of, I've always thought that I would not be a candidate to donate I, mm-hmm. but what you told me earlier is yes. that I would be able to, you would be able to. So a lot of times people think um, that because their vision is so bad, so poor, right. I actually have contacts in right now and can't see anything without my contacts. <laughs> so completely understand that. And even if you've had cataracts, um, even if you've had LASIK surgery, wow. you can still be a cornea donor. The cornea is the outermost lens of the eye. And once it's transplanted, um, actually can give someone um, back their vision. That, that's so amazing. Even if you can't see like me or you, yeah, um, and even Chuck. Chuck has on glasses as well. I just got old eyes. That's all that is. <laughs> well, mine have been messed up for a very, very yeah. long time. Mine have to. And I, you know, I always thought I was like nobody mm-hmm. would want these eyes. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I cannot see, so nobody would want these. But you know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't yes. let that stop you. You can still help folks out with that. So sign up, sign up, sign yes. up. I uh, can't tell tell you enough um, to just put it out there as the option. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 try to give someone the gift of, of life there. Um, we had a caller earlier who asked about, you know, any kind of conditions that would um, kind of rule you out for being a candidate for um, organ and tissue transplantation. Mm-hmm. And most of the, the things that we think of are not not a hard stop, right? You can Correct. continue on. Are there any things that just are, like people would not be a candidate? Actually, the only thing that truly um, would potentially rule anyone out for every type of donation is metastatic cancer. Okay. So everything else, even if someone has active cancer, they still potentially can be a cornea donor. Okay. Um, Depending on the type of certain brain cancers, if there have been no surgical um, intervention or anything like that, they can still be an organ uh, organ donor. So even uh, active cancer does not totally exclude anyone from donation. Um, It it is pretty much still a case-by-case and the type of cancer. Also, sometimes how long they've been in remission, that goes into the factor um, so again, unless it's metastatic cancer that's pretty much spread all around and spread yeah. all over, they can still be uh, potentially an organ donor or a tissue donor or a cornea donor. That's so. amazing, folks. So make sure you get signed up on that registry. All right, I think we do have a caller who's going to share their story with mm-hmm. us. We're going to go talk to Johnny and Edabina. Hello, Edabina, home in the woods, one of my favorite places. It's where my husband hey. is from. How are y'all? We're good. Johnny, tell us what we can do for you today. All right. Um, here, almost three years ago, I received um, burns over um, the lower portion of both arms and mm-hmm. both hands, front and back. Wow. And um, it was uh, second and third degree burns. And without um, without donated skin, 
I would have had huge scars and maybe infections and not been able to heal. But because somebody took the time to donate, um, they were able to use donated skin to uh, put over the top of my arms and allow my skin to grow back. Mm. And um, now, if you were to see me now, you wouldn't even... You wouldn't know that I'd had a, such a serious injury. That's amazing. Wow. And, you know, thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, because that, you know, again, that goes back to tissue donation, which some folks may not have been aware of that you can donate those types of things. And that has had a tremendous impact on Johnny's quality of life, I would imagine. Yes. Thank you so much, Johnny, for sharing that. That truly is, we like to hear those stories yeah. of the impact of donation and transplantation. Um, and, and, you know, and, and it not only impacted my life, but, you know, my family, uh, my ability to work, mm. support my family. I mean, everything. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Johnny. Thank you for sharing that story. And that's the message that we like to hear, too, is that it affected not just me, but it affected my family. And then when you talk about donation in any regard, how it can affect generations of families and mm-hmm. people and, and um, just the opportunity to, to, to still be around to see people because of the decision that one individual or a family of an individual made at the worst time of their life. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's very powerful, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a very powerful story that we are so thankful and to share Mm -hmm. absolutely thank you so much for sharing that with us this morning johnny all right we've got um craig in biloxi good morning craig yeah i was wondering if your uh, anti-rejection drugs are improving and if you have to eat them uh for the you know for as long as you have the uh tissue Right. Yes, that's actually a great question. So the anti-rejection medications are improving for anyone who has received an organ transplant. So um, only if you've received an organ transplant do you have to take anti-rejection medications. They have improved tremendously. If someone receives a tissue transplant, just like um, Johnny who mentioned the burn, as well as Chuck, he mentioned his wife, they actually do not have to take any kind of medications. Hmm. So tissue recipients don't have to take any medications to prevent rejection only organ recipients do so and they have um, improved tremendously right, the regimen okay, yeah. is, is a cornea involved in, in anti-rejection actually pills? no uh, cornea is considered tissue and so you do not have to take any medications after you get your cornea transplant so that's a okay. very good question okay Thank you. That's it. All right, Craig. Thank you for that call. Well, and and when you talk about organ and Kelly, Kelly will probably be able to correct what numbers I'm getting ready to say. But I think the (laughs) first year out of transplant is 95% success rate for organ. Is that right? And then Mm -hmm. up to five years, it's 90% now Mm -hmm. with the anti-rejection meds. Uh, I mean, the numbers are incredible Mm -hmm. what we're seeing in terms of transplant survivals. Now, there are cases of rejection almost immediately. We've seen a few of those, and it's heartbreaking to Mm -hmm. see that. Um, but but the survival rates are, are incredible. Mm-hmm. They are, yes. It is um, amazing the different type of medications that and how they've evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, and that's only with organs that um, projection medications have to be taken. Mm-hmm. Tissue, do not. 
you know, and, and that immediately called to mind um, a, a child that I used to care for, you know, pediatric nurse, lots of cystic fibrosis patients um, that I've cared for over my career. Um, and one, um, I guess it's probably been about 10 years now, got um, lung and pancreas uh, wow. transplant. Oh, nope, liver, lung and liver. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's just doing phenomenal you Mm -hmm. know and she was so sick before Mm -hmm. you know and just in and out of the hospital so often and she's just i mean a thriving young adult that's that and that's all due to the gift of life that someone gave her um so you've got to think about the the ways that you know Mm -hmm. something can touch an individual's mm-hmm. life, but it's also touched, you know, my life and the other healthcare workers mm-hmm. who, who care for these children yes. who are, are so sick for so long and able to give them, mm-hmm. give them hope for a, a better future. Um, if you've got a question or a comment about organ and tissue donation, that number is one 672 Now, what's the, the scope of the need? I mean, there are people on transplant lists, right? Yes. So the, the actual need is huge. We actually have over 114,000 uh, currently on the national wait list. That is nationally in, in the United States. Right. In Mississippi, we have over 1,000. Wow. The biggest need, of course, in Mississippi is kidney, as well as that's the biggest need nationally. Um, you know, we do have a lot of high blood pressure and diabetes and um high glucose that a lot of people have and sometimes that does affect kidneys Mm. and so we have a lot of need for those who are on dialysis and everything so biggest need is kidneys by far in mississippi and nationwide but um you know there's other need as well the other organs that can be recovered and transplanted are heart lungs liver pancreas and small bowel Mm. so those are the other organs that can be transplanted in addition to the kidneys yeah so, so that's a lot. Mm-hmm. One organ donor can actually save the lives of up to eight people. That's amazing. Uh, the national list, too, right now, uh, a new person goes on the list every 10 minutes. Wow. And an average of 20 people die every day waiting on a transplant that never comes. So, <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the story that we tell. That If you get registered, you're giving hope to those people that are waiting on the on the national waiting mm-hmm. list and on the Mississippi waiting list mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go um, and talk with James this morning. Hello, James. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. How can we help you? Yes. I was wondering if, well, an older person's skin is viable, Mm -hmm. usable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It actually is. And we, um, uh, upwards of, uh, in the 90s, can actually be um, able to donate their skin. So, yes. Well, I, did, I didn't know that. Yes. I was thinking, well, mine's too old and wrinkled. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is not. And we hear that a lot of times is, you know, as I'm as I'm older, um, you know, I can't be a donor. Mm-hmm. And actually that is one of the biggest myths and misconceptions is, um, you know, as you get older, it doesn't exclude you from being any type of donor, and especially skin. So you can still donate your skin. Okay. Um, how do I go about doing that? All right, so one of the things is um, you can get a heart on your driver's license, or you can go to our website, msora.org, and sign up for the registry. Another thing we need you to do is actually have that conversation with your family. So whoever your legal next kin, pretty much all your family. We want it, You want to spread the message to all your family and share what yeah. your wishes are. All right, James. Okay. So, oh, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank I'm, you, James. I'm happy to hear you're going to sign up to be a tissue donor. That's fantastic. Thank you for giving us a call today. 
All right, we're going to go ahead and take our last break of the hour. So now is the perfect time, if you have a question or a comment, to go ahead and call in and get on our uh, line. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll continue our conversation about organ and tissue donation when we return. Well, joining me today are Kelly Ware and Chuck Stinson with the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. And we've been having a great conversation about Donate Life Month and how you can be a uh, how you can register to be an organ donor. Um, there's plenty of information on their website at msora.org if you would like more information there. As always, you can email me at fit at mpbonline.org and I'm happy to send you more information or get you in contact with folks who may know more about it than me. But I have learned a ton today um, just being here. Um, that number, um, if you want to give us a call, is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 We did have an email come in over the break that asked about um, smoking and alcohol consumption. So if you're a smoker... Um, or um, a drinker. Now, the email didn't say you know, how heavy a drinker you yes. are, um, but do those things um, preclude you from being a donor? And they do not. Yay! So that's something that we hear. Um, someone who's maybe not in the best physical shape or someone who um, actually is a big smoker or even a big drinker, can they still be a donor? Mm-hmm. And yes, they can. We've had people who um, have smoked two packs a day for many, many years who actually have been able to um, donate their lungs. Wow. Um, as well as some drinkers, really I would big not, drinkers. I'm, did you see my mouth? It just yes. fell open. It's genetics. I, it's all it's genetics. genetics. I would just not. I would have thought, yes, you could still be a donor, but not, not your lungs. lungs. Yeah. But wow. Yes, we've got. Um, we've had donors who have uh, drank a liter of vodka a day. Wow. Lots of alcohol and still been able to donate their liver. So you just can't ever tell. Um, especially genetics does play a huge part. Um, some people who actually drink and smoke a lot may not able to be, may not, excuse me, may not be able to be um, organ donors, but then a lot of them can. Yeah. So we always say it doesn't matter what kind of physical shape you're in. It doesn't matter what medical conditions that you have register as well as share your wishes with your family. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, thinking about how long I've been in healthcare, I, I mean, I just have learned so much today that they're mm-hmm. really we kind of think about people having to be in kind of pristine shape to be able to donate things. And what I've heard today is there's just really not much out there that keeps you from donating. I mean, you mentioned, you know, metastatic cancer is pretty much the only one that's just Mm -hmm. like a hard path, you know. Correct. So sign up and, you know, get on the registry. And then if something is to happen, you know, let the medical team then evaluate to be see what can be used to help someone else. And that's one of the things that we've talked about because the gift is so rare. Uh, is it three in one thousand? I think, or 
medically suitable mm-hmm. to be qualified as organ donors. Right. And then you get into rule outs at that point, and then you get into family declines. And so in a record year in 2016, we had 88 organ donors in Mississippi mm-hmm. and 20,000 people die every year in Mississippi and 88 is a record year yeah. mm-hmm. because the opportunity is so rare, always a hospital ventilated situation. And we want people to know that because that opportunity is so rare. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've just got to increase the pool of applicants, you know, the the opportunity to have Mm -hmm. a match and be suitable. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've just got to get folks added to that registry, you know. And right now I'm sitting here going, I mean, I think I am, but I'm not sure. So I'm just going to yeah. I'm just going to do it again. Yes. Like I'm just going to submit. You're <laughs> if you're in doubt, you know, I'm just going to do it again. I'm just going to do it again just mm-hmm. to make sure I'm on the registry there. And talk to your family. And talk mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> they better be listening. Is what the answer to that is. Yes. Um if not, they should lie to me and tell me that they listen to the show. Yes. All right, quickly I want to go to um Scott in Gulfport. Good morning, Scott. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Um, well, thank you for taking my call. Sure. My, my question is about um, insignia for your driver's mm. license. I just signed up last week as an organ tissue. Yay. Yay. Thank um, you. I really don't have a lot of family to notify. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long does the process take before um, the state is able to actually put the insignia on your driver's license? Is that a long process? Or- Actually, it's not a long process. So as soon as you get um, the heart on your driver's license, normally the following Monday, we um, get something from the um, Department of Motor Vehicles on who has added a drive, our heart on their driver's license. So we get that normally every Monday, and we roll you into our state registry and the national registry. So it is pretty quick that you're actually in the registry. So, and again, it is legal authorization for organ, eye, and tissue donation. So at that point, if something should happen to you, what we would do is reach out to someone who knows you very well and possibly family. Well, we would reach out to family first, but if it's you don't have any family available, we can reach out to someone who knows you very well and get some medical and social history mm-hmm. from, from them. So it doesn't technically have to be a, a family member. It could be someone, a close friend, or someone that knows you very well. Okay, great. All right, thank you for that, Scott. Thank, thank you. All right. And so what if it's not time to, like, renew your driver's license? Can you just, like, go ask them to put the heart on there? You can. But You'll pay a t- fee. Yeah. You'll pay a fee. Okay. Just, just register online is really the thing okay. to do. Okay. It's all the same thing, too. It all goes in the same, same place. So, okay. so it all filters and funnels down to one place. Okay. So that's, that's yeah. And, I mean, and I can't imagine that it would be a quick experience in the DMV getting that done. <laughs> so pack a lunch and, you yes. know, if you wanted to get that done. But the easiest is just to do it online. Yes. They are responsible and they They've done such an outstanding job recently uh, with Major Ken Brown and his staff. But uh, over 98% of our registrations come through the Department of Public Safety. So of the 830,000-plus in Mississippi that are registered, 98% of those have done so through the Department of Public Safety. People don't understand that. But but that's where most people associate organ donation Mm -hmm. with. That's where Mm -hmm. they think hard on the license. Mm -hmm. And and despite the scrutiny that they've been under and the troubles they've been under, they are continuing, still continuing to ask the question question very 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 frequently and very often and we are very very proud of our partnership absolutely with them. that's yes. a, 
I mean, because I mean, it's so easy. You're already mm-hmm. there. You know, it's just one extra question, and yes. you know, you're getting added to this list to mm-hmm. to potentially save a life. You yes. know, um, so that's an awesome opportunity there. Now, um, I know you've got a couple of events coming up, we or do. or a, I know of one that is coming up. Um, tell our listeners about um, maybe an upcoming event for Mora that you could get involved with. Well, Saturday we've got our eighth uh, annual Racing for Donation 8K, um, and that's because one organ donor can save eight lives. We started that in 2012, and this is our eighth year of doing this, and it's going to be Saturday in Flowood at our headquarters mm-hmm. right there on Lakeland Drive. Um, we're going to have an 8K run walk, and we've added a 5K run walk this year as well. And we're going to have food trucks, and people can get registered online at racesonline.com. Okay. Um, and it's uh, Racing for Donation. And uh, it's it's really just a way to celebrate. We'll have pictures of, of donors along the way, uh, and their families can go by and see. We'll have our sponsor signs out there as well. But it's really just a way. There's nobody more excited when that race is over than our staff, let me tell you, because April it, it <laughs> usually marks the end of April, except for this year. I think we've got a couple events next we week, too, at the end of the – but it usually just marks the end of, a, of, a, of an incredible month for us because we are out and about and doing a lot of things, and we're very proud of that. We, Like Kelly said earlier, we promote donations every day of the year but this is just a very busy month for us because of our hospital partners our community events that we do and it, it's kind of a, you hear us at the end of you could probably hear one big at the end of the race at the end of the race but this is it's a great way to celebrate it's a fundraising opportunity for us and all the the funds that are generated go into our public education fund to help us do uh community events into speaking engagements and promotional items and get into schools and mm-hmm. and things of that nature yeah so i hope to see lots of folks out for this race this coming saturday i'm going to make every effort to be there i'm going to tape up my bum ankle and come on out there um, and support this absolutely amazing organization that is giving hope to so many folks out there. Um, if you have um, questions about that race, I'm sure you can find more information on their website, which yes. is msora.com. Org. And Donate Life Mississippi Facebook page as well. We do that. Uh, we we have a lot of information there. And check out our Facebook page, Donate Life Mississippi, Twitter and Instagram, and, and you'll see just kind of all the things that we've done and been doing. We've been overwhelmed with events over the last week or so. Kelly mm-hmm. and them have been running the roads to hospital events and partnerships, and it's been it's been a lot of – it's been a great year, great, great month and a great year. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if for some reason you can't donate – or uh, maybe your family's just not ready to, to hear that yet. How else can people support Mora? I think the biggest thing is um, on social media, like sharing those stories, as well as um, we volunteering. do ha- volunteering. We yeah. do have a lot of volunteer opportunities. We are in the process of doing a Garden of Hope at our main headquarters on Flowood Drive, and it is a garden to just kind of represent the um, heroes and the hope that is provided from donation. So that's something we're hoping to unveil um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks to yeah. months maybe, and we've got bricks. Fantastic. Um, so it really is a, a Truly kind of a healing garden, a garden of hope and inspiration. Wow. Well, you guys inspired me today, and thank you both for being on the show, Kelly and Chuck. And um, thank you for taking time out of this busy month to come help us uh, spread the word about the very powerful gift of life that can be done through organ and tissue donation. Thanks to all our listeners and callers for tuning in and sharing today. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Make sure you tune in every weekday at 11 for the full Southern Remedy Live. Sign up.